Welcome to Unsilent with your hosts, Dave and Brian. This is not another current events podcast. We're digging deeper, diagnosing, and discussing what's really going on today, how we got here, and providing observations for future generations. Welcome to Unsilent. We're Brian and Dave. We're hoping you let us know where you think we got it right and where you think we got it wrong, which you can do by visiting our social channels, such as unsilentpodcast.com. That's actually a website or Rumble or any of the other places we're at online. Let's get into it. So, Brian, what should we do? Should we do an experiment today, Brian? Yeah, I got a couple of of videos queued up here. We're going to we're going to try it out. Uh, I think they're pretty fascinating videos and they're only about a minute, minute and a half long each. So if it goes completely off the rails. Uh, people can fast forward through that that part of the podcast, and we'll we'll be able. You can leave a comment, <laughs> or hopefully our editor will be able to to clean it up and make it somewhat uh, sensible by the time we're done. But um, honestly, you know, Dave and I are uh, hoping that that we can play these videos, be, you know, and it works well because um, you know it, it'll help. It'll only make make what we're doing easier to understand rather than us paraphrasing all the time. We'll just play what people are saying. It makes it a lot it's easier. Exactly. <laughs> So before we get to that, though, um, I, a fascinating thing happened this week. And I, it'll be, you know, I, I, I will be long dead and gone. You might still be alive, but I will be long dead and gone in the year 2090 when Kenny G hears this, if he ever does. Uh, so it'll be interesting to find out if it were ever possible, um, if this is still something that's noteworthy, you know, 65, 70 years from now. But essentially, this in the last seven days, our president, President Biden, was uh, found by a special counsel to have committed pretty serious crimes with mishandling of classified documents. And I don't want to get, I'm not going to get into the details of it. It's easy to find information online. <laughs> it, it, no matter what, I'm pretty sure it's easy to find the information on this. So, but he, he mishandled these documents. He kept them in his garage. And if you see the pictures of like where he kept in the garage, it wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't locked up. It was like an old disheveled box next to a lampshade that had duct tape on it. It was just, it was like, it was like a, an average garage that has been neglected for six months or six years. It just, it was, it was in this box. These documents were in this box and stuff. And, and the special counsel found that he was not fit to stand trial because of he has a, a poor memory. And so, and so Elderly we have this man with a poor memory. Yeah, he's a he's what was, what's the word he are they was it affable? Is that what they called him? I, I think it was oh, did he I don't know if he said affable, but he it was basically just uh well meaning, sorry. Well meaning well elderly man uh basically with the is what he said. So yeah. so we're in this situation where either only one of these two things can be true. This is not a thing where both things can be true at the same time. Only one of these two <laughs> things can be true. Either he's should be tried because he's not forgetful and he doesn't have dementia and he really did do this crime and he should be prosecuted for it or he has dementia in which case one could argue perhaps he shouldn't he shouldn't be uh the president of the united states with all the responsibilities and and uh decisions that come along with that post (laughs) perhaps he shouldn't have access to the nuclear football you know that uh, gets carried around that could maybe start world war three yeah, this is my question to you. And this is what's occurred to me over the last having now like five or six days to digest this. Here's here's the here's the question I have for you. And if this gets too loony, I want you to <laughs> I want you to stop me because this is where my brain is going and it and it sounds um maybe a little silly and maybe a little crazy. But 
we're in a situation where normal, like stoic thinking has let us down. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. my the thing I noticed is there's not a lot of fervor about th- about this from corporate controlled media. You know, yeah. the, the NBCs of the world don't really seem to care about this. It's not that big of right. a deal. And so it occurs to me there's only three possible reasons for that. One is they don't really care that he has nuclear codes and really bad things could happen to humanity. Like, well, oops, <laughs> the old the old man with dementia wanted the football Bummer. and he put in the codes and bad things happen and eh, it sucks to be him and sucks to be us and. <laughs> Life doesn't go on, but, you know, shit happens. What are you going to do? Like, so, so that's one explanation. The second explanation is the, the, what we've been told for 70 years about the nuclear capabilities is, is embellished, and it's not really that big of a threat. That seems less likely to me, but that would be an explanation. And the third one is the president's not really in control of those things. It kind of seems to me it has to be one of those three things. Is that is that – Am I oversimplifying this? Well, you know, there might be one other possibility too, and that is <clears throat> that those that would uh, normally report on these things are so completely scared of this outsider, you know, crazy guy Donald Trump, as they see him, um, yeah. that they're willing to literally let anything go. They're they're literally willing to let anything go. Now that doesn't necessarily mitigate, which would to me would fall into my bucket of like the oops if bad things happen, yes. you know, bad things happen. And well, yeah, uh, and that's what I was about to say. It yeah, doesn't yeah, mitigate yeah. any of your other points necessarily. It doesn't mitigate the idea that really, you know, the when when you see him walking around Air Force One when he's not doing a prepared comment, he looks like a deer in headlights. I mean, he's like, I mean, just, yeah. just those, or, or or a fawn that was just born. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It just it so it, it doesn't necessarily mitigate. I I think it's I think it's actually both. I think it's several things. I think you know. I mean, there's been a lot of comparison of the of uh, our current situation with that old funny t- funny movie Weekend at Bernie's. You yeah. know, where they're just propping the guy up and yeah. carrying him around because he's the rich guy and he's got the money and we can't let anybody know he's really not not with us anymore. And you know, <clears throat> you know, it's, it would be it would be probably a bad. Uh, well, although our adversaries must know, I'm, I'm sure that it doesn't take them, you know. Uh, a huge amount of of super secret intelligence to know yeah. that the president is not really all that much with it anymore. So, so I do think it's it's probably a combination of those things. I don't think it's. I, I do think the nuclear threat is absolutely real. I don't think that's that's yeah. A, that a real that seems to me the 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 one that like if I had to rank them, I'd put that at the bottom of the least yeah. likely be fabrication. Yeah. Is that the the nuclear proliferation we've been told about is? I, I think that's probably real, right? But, but to be fair, like that, you would have to, you'd have sure, to. It's in the universe fact- of possibilities. <laughs> it's in it, the possibilities. It, it and so, what, you know, one of the things that I think we've been guilty of over the last several years in our era, and I'm going back through time, obviously I'm not a time traveler, so I wouldn't know firsthand. But one of the things I think that probably leads to these kinds of situations that we oversimplify things that are complex and we overcomplex things that are really simple. Sure, all, that's you know, true. We, over, we, we add complexity too much to things that are really simple. Yeah, this kind true. of feels to me like one of those things that it feels really complex, but it's really quite simple. Yeah. Either they don't care what happens and the outcome of, of nuclear annihilation is better than Trump becoming president, <laughs> which I, I would I would say is probably in the world of plausibility for some of these folks that in, in the corporate controlled news media. 
Right. They would rather be dead than than wrong. I, and I yep. mean that sincerely. I'm not. I'm not joking about that. I really believe yep. that. Uh, or the the nukes are the, the hype. The hype about how many nukes there are is like been a big fallacy. I don't believe that to be true. That seems no, not to be like Or or he's not in control. And that yeah. one seems to be tied with the other one for, for first place in my book of if if the president was really in control of this stuff, you would have to be alarmed by this new by this 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 legal document that was released. Sure. You would have well, to be alarmed by yes. that. Well, it, and, and, not. It, and it seems obvious there, there's so many different things that sort of line up, you know, when he comes up with a card that says, okay, I'm supposed to call on X, Y, or Z next, you know? Yeah. So, you know, who, who, who tells the president of the United States who he can call on in a, in a, uh, you know, uh, in a press conference, doesn't he have right. the, uh, you know, wherewithal to do that himself or, you know, so in, or the first lady leading him off the stage or the frequent chips and falls or, you know, all yeah. of it. Now listen, I'm not I'm not so obtuse or rigid that I don't understand that you know a president of the United States has got a lot on his plate. He needs some sure. advisors to help him with that kind of stuff. It would be nice to have a cue card, so that's one less little detail I have to worry about in a press sure. conference. I, like I get that stuff. I'm not I'm not I'm not <clears throat> criticizing the guy for that. I am just wondering. It just seems to me like perhaps over the last twenty years, fifteen years, as you and I, guys like you and I, have been lamenting the changes that are happening. We've been hyper focused on our government specifically as being either the cause or a lever being used to make this happen. And sure. I and I think that's just because historically, like countries and governments have been the most powerful forces on the planet, historically speaking. Absolutely. Right. I don't think that's true anymore. I sure. think that there are companies that are, you know, US stock market y Wall Street kind of companies. That probably have more influence over the collective well-being or direction than many governments. And I think that's sure. new. I don't think that's – I think the only thing you could equate that to would be like you know, the Pope in 1412 probably had more influence than many countries, right? Sure, absolutely. But of outside course. that one example, I don't, I don't think that's a, a common thing where governments weren't universally the most, most powerful or influential forces on the planet. Does that seem accurate to you? Probably. You know, the, the one caveat there is this, you know, and this, this, there, there's lots of off ramps of our conversation today that could go into a little bit more conspiratorial uh, yeah. realms. And so, you know, there, there is the notion that, that, uh, the power elite, the moneyed elite, you know, have always had an outsized influence. I mean, so you, you take a look sure. at some of the kings of England who were yeah. kings of several countries who had to borrow money from people to conduct their wars, borrow money from their right. rich lords to conduct their wars. Now, those lords had outsized influence because the king couldn't conduct his war against Spain or France or whoever else if the, the guy enough. with the checkbook yeah. doesn't open it up. So However, I, I, think I don't think the guy who funded Julius Caesar's wars, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was one of the senators. I, he, he, yeah. he funded a lot of that. Yeah. I don't think he could have unilaterally had more influence than the Roman empire itself. Like the government. Sure, of Roman sure. empire. He, yeah. You, you like can, you can certainly make the more case, than right. share of influence, but not more than the country. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think that's, okay. I think that's probably true. I, th uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's in terms of a matter of degrees. I, I think, you know, with, with multi-trillion dollar companies now yeah. and with, you know, multi, 
multi multi trillion dollar industries uh you know the defense we've talked about the the thing that Eisenhower brought up that watch for the military industrial right, complex right, right. because yeah. it's spending the taxpayers money and controlling directions uh without being elected to office etc so I, yeah. I think that's all true <clears throat> so if we open ourselves up to the possibility again i'm not i'm not trying to become like you know and i'll wear a tinfoil hat if you tell me i need to i can i can craft a cool looking baseball style tinfoil hat if you think that's necessary <laughs> i think we have to be open to the idea that there's forces beyond just our government at work sure. here, right yeah and so absolutely. whether that's big corporations multinational co- corporations that are like you say multi now in the trillions of dollars right whether it's the you know founders of those companies who are multi-billionaires like they're okay there's that which kind of feels to me kind of like the roman empire example you gave the senator who had a lot of money caesar borrowed money from him to go plunder the barbarians he sure made a bunch of money came back and paid the senator off and he was rich and like that i i get that yeah but now you know if we kind of go okay well if if our president isn't this super powerful or has a diminished role now well who are the people who are really calling the shots and and things that like honestly i just kind of dismissed a lot over you know many years in recent <laughs> really since covid uh yeah, i sure. really like stopped dismissing that stuff so much and, sure. and again i'm i want to be really careful i don't want to be the tinfoil hat guy but i also don't want to be some dupe that or rube that just kind of goes along with well our country's the most powerful our government's the most powerful thing on the planet right Right. And then find out <laughs> the hard way that that's not true. Right. So I started like I started paying attention to what some of these guys are saying. And that's two of the I got two video clips I want to play here for you. Okay. And and I, I think it's important just to hear what these guys are saying. Yeah, let's do it. And there's only again, there's only a couple of, of possibilities. And this is where I think we, we would tend to add complexity to think that something is pretty simple. So I'm going to try this. We'll see how it works. And I've got go. my uh, got my. Got my screen pulled up here. And the first one I'm going to play is a guy. I think he's from Israel. His name's Yuval Noah Harari, I believe is his name. And I'm going to play this and let's see how that goes. In the world, many, maybe most legal systems are based on this idea, this belief in human rights. But human rights are just like heaven and like God. It's just a fictional story that we've invented and spread around. It may be a very nice story. It may be a very attractive story. We want to believe it. But it's just a story. It's not a reality. It is not a biological reality. Just as jellyfish and woodpeckers and ostriches have no rights, homo sapiens have no rights also. Take a human, cut him open, look inside, you find their blood, and you find the heart and lungs and kidneys, but you don't find there any rights. The only place you find rights is in the fictional stories that humans have invented and spread around. All right. So, mm. okay. <laughs> that seems, I don't know, fairly dark to me. Yeah, if, pretty much. Pretty much. If you're saying that human rights are a construct of fiction, yeah. then what... What governors or limiters could there be on the atrocities you could commit on somebody? There, there's, there's no governor. I mean, what he's talking, you know, so, um, you know, what's, what's interesting about that clip, Brian, <clears throat> is that he's saying the quiet part out loud. 
Yeah. He's, he really is. I mean, so um, basically what he's saying is there is no physical reality that determines human rights. And therefore, and, and the only thing, and, and the ethic that he is, the, the morality, the ethic that he is proposing is the only thing that truly matters is physical reality. Therefore, what he is talking about is a, a 100% materialistic worldview and the natural reality that comes from that worldview. So he's saying, you know, so if, if you talk to uh, people that are materialists, et cetera, they'll say, oh, no, 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 no. We, we come to the same morality as you religious people do. We just come at it in a different way. But the reality is that this guy is he's spot on with, at least he's consistent with the philosophy. And yeah. that's scary. And, uh- I'm going to argue that he probably has a much higher level of classical education than me. I'm going to guess he's got some kind of some kind of letters after his name that indicate that he's I'm gone sure at least eight years of college, right? I'm and, sure. And I'm I barely sure. graduated high school. So yeah. I want to preface this by saying <laughs> I acknowledge those things to be true. But I would imagine if you cut into the earth, you wouldn't find gravity there either. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. So, so I'm not sure that saying that because you don't find rights when you cut into a human body means that rights don't exist. I don't, that right. doesn't seem to hold a lot of water for me. Well, it, it, it shows, it shows where from a human perspective, the idea of that materialistic reality is the only thing that matters is, is a failure. I mean, <clears throat> you know, cause we all know inherently that, you know, and I can bring up all sorts of things that are violations of human rights that anybody, you know, theist, atheist, uh, you know, Muslim, Jew, Christian, a humanist, whatever, anybody would agree with, you know, certain things you don't do to children, certain things you don't, you know, do to help. I mean, there's, Plenty of things we could all agree on, but <clears throat> they all depend on a notion that is that that supersedes materialism. They all depend yeah. on notions that supersede his. I I would propose that his formulation there is simplistic and just <clears throat> inherently unenlightened. I mean, it's just it's just it's just wrong. I mean, it's it's animalistic, if you will, because yes, the 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 wolf that prowls the the forest and kills the baby fawn and tears it apart and it's it's gory and horrible and painful for the thing. Um, you know, we shudder against that because we are more important and more um evolved or enlightened creatures, however you want to put it, uh, yeah. than the strict materialist. <clears throat> well, and we feel empathy for the fun. Even yes. if you understand in a pragmatic sense, like the circle of life has to work, the wolf has right. to eat too. Like I, I get that. I'm still always rooting for the gazelle when it's not running there when it's being chased by the cheetah. Absolutely Gita. right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So it just, it that that video, and I think if I saw that right, that's a TEDx talk from like yeah, TEDx, 2014 or something like that. Yeah. I don't. I have not verified the date. I don't know. It, anyhow, he's a guy that did speak at the WEF con- uh, uh, conference, and was it Davos? Is that what they call it? Yeah, Davos, Switzerland. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he he's a guy that like he hangs in that crowd. So the thing that strikes me of that though is, I'm going to go ahead and guess that he's not saying that he would volunteer to be exposed to the atrocities that one could be that, that humankind could commit on each other. Right. I'm going to guess he's going to go ahead and figure that he's on the team that gets to do the trust, the commit the atrocities to other folks. Right. right. And, and here again, I, I want to be careful. I don't oversimplify things that are complex, but I also don't want to add complexity to things that are simple. What is the difference between what he's 
aiming for there in what Hitler did with the Jews? Well, on on a base on a base level, um, I I think the motivations. You know, I don't think that he has an an evil motivation. But I think if you would ask any Hitler, Stalin, whoever you ask over the over the centuries of people that have been um, in those positions and have committed those atrocities, they've done so in their minds at least. And I think we have enough writing from you know these people to, to demonstrate this for the betterment for the ultimate betterment of mankind. We've got to break a few yeah. eggs to make an omelet, kind of kind well, of scenario. This, this is a this is a great illustration of the point that I bring up like every fourth episode, which is the only story of humankind is my team thinks that we're so enlightened. We're so That's right. um, God has granted us such uh, righteousness and supremacy that whatever we should do, we need to do other folks is just like you say, we got to, if we got to break a few eggs, that's just the way it is because we are so enlightened. We're so righteous. We are correct in doing so. We are bringing or, about utopia. You, or you've you've hurt my tribe so bad that our retribution, whatever it may be, is justified. It's That's just. the only two stories in humankind. And this right. story he's doing and telling is no different than the people who brought slaves over from Africa. Sure. No different than the people who went and conquered <laughs> the the uh, Native Americans. And you know, sure. I, I say conquered in quotation marks because I, yeah. I I I believe that they were conquered. It wasn't stolen land. No different than Genghis Khan didn't steal land and. And Caesar didn't steal land; they no went conquering, right? Um, it's no different. Like I, we have needs, and we're more important than you, and our needs are going to come first. Like it's and it's our so and, and our vision, and our vision is better than yours. So the thing yeah. you find with all these people that have these these notions like that, or, or I think all the elites that speak it, like the WF and Davos and all these these great places, is they come together in these plush environments and they talk about high minded concepts and use multisyllabic words and they they, yeah. they talk about all of these things and they're as you say they're in the they're in the know and so they are the leaders and and. They they deserve the posh and the and the luxurious and all that. It, you know, yes, we can, we're going to come together to talk about climate change in our uh, in our eight hundred uh, jets that spew out you know carbon yeah. all the way from wherever we come from to here. Yeah. Um. So it, it really comes down to uh a, an, an elitism and a and a belief that their thoughts and they're more highly evolved than the rest of us. And therefore, right. if you like, if you get a crack, a few eggs, you know, you rubes that, you know, do things like, you know, run small businesses and, and, um, you know, drive around in, in your, in your gas guzzling cars while we fly in our planes, you're the problem, not us. Yeah. One of the things that I found interesting over the last couple of weeks is that, again, doesn't make the news, the corporate controlled news. And I'm saying corporate control because I'm talking about the the traditional news outlets that get, you know, 80 percent of their money from Pfizer right. and things like that. Exactly. Like, I don't believe that that can happen without, you know, Pfizer putting their thumb on the scale a little bit on what kinds of things. Give us a little about, treat right? here, would you? Yeah. So, so I don't think I'm, I'm stretching things too much there. No. So while you have high minded guys like this, you know, uh, using multi syllabic, I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to look up and see if that's a real Multi, world. It's a real world. It's a real word. As he's using these fancy words, I'm going to, I'm going to say fancy and say instead of multi syllabic, okay. um, the farmers over in Europe have just kind of put the kibosh everything by spreading manure in the streets, which I think is like fantastic. You yeah. know, like take your take your highfalutin words and your and your 
bullshit and stick it, you know where. And we're just going to put manure in the streets until you until you lower our taxes that you just imposed. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's amazing how how fast we get brought back brought back down to gravity and and earth and real reality when <laughs> people were spreading manure in the streets. Literally, they, yes, they literally, yeah. They were they weren't um, asking this Yoval guy what he thought they should do anymore. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, no, there, there, there's a, there's a certain uh, poetic justice to that, isn't there? <laughs> there is, and 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 the reason I, I I laugh about this is because I I'm of the mind, and uh, you know, listen, at some point, technology will be such that maybe what I'm about to say wouldn't be true anymore. But I'm of the mind that in the end, reality wins. In the sure. end, you need farmers, yeah. and yeah. even though those farmers are being told that we're going to eat grasshoppers from now on, and we're going to tax you, and we're going to say you can't have too many cows because their 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 uh, byproducts produce carbon. I, all this just wh- whatever. Like yeah. stop it. In the end, reality wins. You know. Yeah, I think. Exactly. So always. But it just it strikes me like I don't see any difference between what this guy says in the clinical way. Somebody would have spoken about how it was the right thing to do to bring slaves from Africa to go pick yeah. cotton, and how it was the right thing to do to to lynch you know people of of certain skin yeah. colors in 1932 right. in Mississippi, like. It, it's the same bullshit. It's the same. It's, nothing is different about it. Well, and you know, one of the one of the the common threads of all those is it, to your, your your point about reality. You have to disconnect yourself from the most basic reality to go along the lines that all of those examples that you just uh, uh, used show. So, for instance, you know, in in the United States, in in our in our, the racial strife we've had in the United States, it's it's mostly I, I would say to a great extent, it's because people didn't know other people personally and in a real human way. It's like, yeah, dude, you're darker than I am, uh, it, but but man, you seem to have the same concerns that I have about life. It's really hard to hate somebody when. Yeah. You have so much in common. And so, and when you take a look at like the farmers, well, yeah, but they're just working the dirt. They're just a bunch of troglodytes. There's another word for you to look up, right? Troglodytes. It's a good troglodytes. word. Troglodytes. All right. I'll, I'll add it to my list. Thanks. That's a good, it's, <laughs> I love that word. It's a great word. Um, so, but it's, it's easy to, to, live in these sort of in the rarefied air of the elites thinking these thoughts that are above the rest of us when you don't know farmers when you don't understand the <clears throat> the the folks that are next to you that don't look like you that aren't they're not your friends for some reason it's a lot yeah. easier when you p- unplug from reality to deny reality like this fellow is denying reality i mean he's he's ultimately yeah. denying reality for a for a concept that if you work it out to its ultimate end is going to hurt him and everybody else. Yeah. And I think the other piece of it that I would add to that is consequences. The the yeah. people who, who um, did any, like, you know, again, whether we use the, the, what the atrocities that happened to the Jews in, in Germany or the yeah. surrounding areas, the people there didn't, like you said, didn't know anybody personally who, who suffered basically. Right. And there was no consequences to them directly, socially or otherwise, That's for right. doing these horrible things. And they didn't believe that there would be a price to pay in the afterlife. Yeah. There was no consequences to worry right. about then. Sure. And I'm going to guess this guy who th- thinks that there's no such thing as human rights probably thinks he's among the most important, powerful beings in the universe. Right. And yes. probably has no concept that there might be some a creator greater than him that he might have to answer to someday. Uh, absolutely. Well, the the very notion 
as I said at the beginning, the way that the, the philosophy that he is directly <clears throat> um, proposing is materialism, is that there is nothing uh, other than the material universe and the things that come from the material universe. That presupposes that there's nothing outside of the material universe that's worth thinking about because it can never interact with us. That presupposes that when your body dies, you're eaten by worms. And that's the end of that. So you yeah. don't have to worry about any kind of, you know, long-term consequences after you die kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so it, it, which, it, which it's a like- possibility. Going back to I don't know very early on when you and I started doing this, we we both agreed like we're not interested in have in living in a country that is a a Christian country in in that you can only have theocracy. that one religion, yeah, yeah right. theocracy. We're, neither one of us are interested in that. Yeah, but I sure do enjoy living amongst people who are worried about what their creator is going to think of them when it's all said and done. Well, sure. If, I mean, you know, and like uh, we we both know who Ben Shapiro is. He's yep. a he is a, a, a Jewish commentator, Jewish political commentator, yeah. smart guy. Um, sharp guy. Yeah, yeah. Very sharp guy. Heard him say yesterday that one of the things that, that he believes is the best hope for America is a return to Christian values. Now, he's not a yeah. Christian. So, and right. I know lots of people that I've, I've heard other people, atheists and others that say, yeah. yeah, I don't believe what you think about the universe and afterlife, but boy, I sure do acknowledge it would be a great idea if we lived in a world like you want to live in. So, Oh, yeah. you know, that's uh, that, you know, I just have to laugh about that, it, but it, it, yeah, illustrates the, it illustrates the point. All right. I'm going to share this other clip with you and hopefully this one goes, that one went pretty smooth. I'm pretty, I'm pretty impressed I, for my low ability to handle technology. I feel like that went pretty well. So this one here is about a minute long also. So listen to, listen to what this blowhard has to say. All right. Our analysis on CBDC in particular for the use of general to the general use uh, we tend to establish the equivalence with cash, uh, and there is a huge difference there. Uh, for example, in cash, uh, we don't know, for example, who is using a $100 bill today. We don't know who is using a 1,000 peso bill today. Uh, a key difference in, with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also we will have the technology to enforce that. Those, are, those two issues are extremely important and that makes a huge difference with respect to what, she, to what cash is. So that, uh, that didn't sound okay. super awesome. So, Help me understand, Dave, what, why is it so important for this guy who I don't know what part of Europe he's from or if he's from Australia or New Zealand. I don't know where he's from. Why does he care who's using a $100 bill today? Well, you know, and that's that's the thing that's interesting about the clip is he, he presupposes that he needs to know and that important people need to know how you're spending yeah. that $100 bill or that $20 bill or that $5 bill. He presupposes that because he knows better how you should spend your money and what you should spend your money on. And, and more importantly, what you should not be allowed to spend your money on than you do. Right. And it's and he he talks about the central bank and the central bank will have rules and those rules are going to be things that you who yeah you make the money but you're 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 not 
you can't be trusted with this money that you make. I mean, come yeah. on, you, you don't have, you don't show up to these events and wear nice suits and, and have cocktails with the rest of us. How can you be trusted to spend this money that you make every year? See, and, and that's, again, that's that elitism that fundamentally, um, it, it's fundamental bigotry. I mean, it's intellectual bigotry. All, both this guy yeah. and the first guy, <clears throat> I would propose that this is the word that, that, that will get you into all sorts of trouble. Uh, I would propose that they're bigots. Yeah. They oh, don't yeah. want anybody that, yeah. that doesn't think like them. The you most know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm sorry to cut you off. I got I got I gotta say this before I forget. What's funny is there's a word for sexism, there's a word for for racism, racism, sure. all kinds of things, but there's not a word for people who think that they're better than others because of their education. You know, that's an interesting point. Yeah, that, that's a real good point. We should create a word. We should coin a word we should, for that. I, I, I don't know what yeah. that is. Well, you're, you're, we can call them what, troglodytes. Is that what you said? We can, we can just call them that. Yes, they're all just troglodytes. They're all just troglodytes. So, well, you know, I, I mean, at, at the end of the day, <clears throat> you know, what I am most interested in in another person is not, you know, how tall they are, how short they are, what country they're from, what the color of their skin is, what language they speak. Those are, those are things about them. Those are interesting things about them. It's not to say that they're not interesting, what their gender is. That's, I'm, that's all fine. But the thing that's most interesting to me and that's most interesting, I think, as a, as a human being is their thoughts. What are they thinking? Yeah. You know, cause the thing that differentiates me from my dog, my dog likes people. I like people, you know, uh, we, there, there's things we have in common with the animals, but the thing dif differentiates me is whether or not I have thoughts that are what you might call transcendent above the rest of, you know, the, the material yeah. creation. And, and that's where these people in, in the, like this fellow here, uh, I, there's all sorts of things I could say about him, but you could say definitely that he diminishes people that don't see things the way he does. Yeah. So, so when I play again, I, I want to be really careful. If I'm oversimplifying you like pull the reins in, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I want to be honest about this. Yeah. But when I play these two clips, these are both guys who are, they're in the circles that are probably, above the hierarchy of our feeble president who can't who can't <laughs> well, keep track of where he okay. put things right it's a pretty wide circle brian i mean <laughs> so, my point is these aren't these aren't shoeshine guys at the conference right. spouting off that nobody yeah, pays right. attention to these are the these are the people they paid to fly in on private jets to do the speaking yes, that's right right so they we either have to acknowledge that they're full of crap and they just like going there to bloviate right or there's real danger in their wishes being followed. I, sure. I'm leaning towards the latter, not the former. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because I, I think we've already established the other, the other thing I think we've already established is these guys are connected to a certain, you know, utopian, um, uh, you know, preferred reality that they have, but they're yeah. certainly not connected to the reality that most of us live in. The most of us, you know, like to get our, our farm, you know, vegetables and, and yeah. meats and other things like that. The, they're, they're not connected to the real world. They're living in right. uto and utopias, utopian visions are the ones that are most likely to lead to the most human suffering. Hitler, Mao, Stalin, yep. Pol Pot. You just go down the, the list. Right. 
So these guys are in the circle of the senator in Roman times who had all the money that loaned it to Caesar to fund his wars. But that senator has has aligned himself with other senators from other countries who also have that influence. So now yeah. we have the potential. I don't want to use the word cabal because I don't I don't I don't like that word for this. But but there's a an organized group that sure. is is at least wishing for these things to happen. And yeah. if you take these two con- these two clips and you put them together, you have one person saying people have no rights, and the other person saying we should have absolute control. Yes. <laughs> That's uh, scary. Kenny so, G <laughs> in the year 2090, who by then will be a middle-aged man. And if he's listening to this, and he's listening to these two middle-aged guys bitching about this, I think it's important for Kenny G to understand, like, we're not bad guys. You and right. I were growing in, a, in, a, in an era where we had freedom. And if our yeah. kind of right. out through some kind of unpleasant exchange of, of firearms or some, you know, atrocities or a plague or whatever it is, and guys like us don't live to see the other side, we weren't bad people. We just, we just were, we grew up where we had a fundamental belief that we all have rights and that, and that yeah. people had that kind of level of control over us. And as long as I'm not harming you, it's none of your business what I do with my $100 bill and things like that. Exactly. The, the, the basic disagreement is whether or not there should be a power elite who tells everybody else what to do and, or whether there should be a, a, a democratic world in which, in which people can live, make their own choices, do messy things, do yeah. things that sometimes work for them, sometimes don't work for them, but we all yeah. kind of stumble into the future together. The, see, and here's part of what I think causes the power elite to become the power elite. They've, they've conquered so many things in their own lives. They've conquered poverty. In most cases, I think they've conquered yep. poverty. They've, they've conquered want. They don't want anything. And so a couple of things happen. One, they think, I'm smarter than everybody else because I've done more. I've conquered more than everybody else. And so therefore I should now move on to conquer the problems in their lives. Now, I think those, the, the slippery slope between, between utopian ideals and, you know, I want to, I, I want to take my success <clears throat> and impose it on the rest of the world. So the rest of the world's successful. And I'm doing that out of, out of a good heart. I think there's a slippery slope between that and and evil and true despicable monstrous evil so i there yeah. so it's not like you know this person was all you know hitler from the womb was he always evil well no, no i don't think so no. these the circumstances led him to this so i but i think that's what what motivates these folks to go down this path is they've conquered a certain amount of things. They've had a certain amount of success and now they're going to impose that success on you because they overestimate their own ability and they underestimate the rest of us. They underestimate the well, collective wisdom yeah. of humanity. And I think there's a key element that I would add to that, which is, and and this could be because I just watched a documentary about Caligula <laughs> and, and, um, and other Roman emperors, like you have really good Roman emperors and you have really, really bad, like really Nero and Caligula yeah. and whatever. And you look at those, the really bad ones, and then you look at like the Stalins and the Pol Pots of the world and whatever. Yeah. And one of the things they have in common is at, a, at some point in time, maybe maybe this is a transition from, from what you're describing to the not evil to the evil. Yeah. But at some point in time, they're no longer, people around them are no longer to dissent. Yeah, and you do not want to be the person who comes to the emperor and says people rioting in the streets because we have no grain, 
because the emperor might kill you. Right. And yeah, so nobody exactly. says that to the emperor. And so right. the emperor goes along as if everything is okay. And as all the emperor hears is all is positive re reaffirming yeah. news about how wonderful he is because people are just afraid to tell him bad news. Right. And and at some point you do get it, you 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 be you think they in these instances have come to believe that they're just God. Yeah, because exactly right. They are are all they hear is how wonderful they are, and they never hear any dissenting opinions because the people who give dissenting opinions end up dead. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. And that really, I mean, the the overestimation of your own abilities, importance, etc., is the downfall of of it. whenever anybody falls. That's usually what they fall from, whether it's a celebrity or whether it's a political leader or whether it's a movement or whatever it happens to be. Uh, you know, I, you, I, I have this, this, uh, personal commitment to never put anybody on a pedestal ever, no matter who they are. Maybe you, but no, not even. Well, of course. I mean, I'm a given, like besides (laughs) me, that's fine. But I I never put anybody on a pedestal because, because if you don't recognize, and this is again the, one of the fundamental problems with these other philosophies, if you don't recognize the limitations of what it means to be a human being, that we are, we're, you know, a little lower than angels, the Bible says, but that we are also, but angels fell. So there's that. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that, that we are, that we are magnificent creatures, but at the same time, we have to keep in mind that we are also limited and fallen and, and selfish and prone to do things that are, are not good. And if we, if anybody loses sight of that reality, then, and, and especially if somebody in power loses sight of it, right. you know, it's easy, I think, for these people in power who are, who are well spoken and who everybody, they clap when they come into the room and they cheer right. and they say, Oh, look how smart this person is, et cetera. That person is in the greatest danger of losing themselves and being, being found to be, to be everything that they're not. By like, I would say, like, situation. I'm not going to say that this happens specifically with Obama because I don't, I don't know. I, I would, there's no way I could know this. But what I'm saying is, I could see where it could happen to a person like that. Also, sure. where people around him didn't fear being killed, but it was very socially unacceptable to say right. what he was saying was wrong. Right, and the the consequences of being, um, becoming a uh, a pariah because of whatever, uh, not death, but being excluded from the cool kids club in a, in very wealthy and powerful circles. Yeah. Like it's not the same as death, but I can see where that would shut people up just as, just as effectively. And so my point is, and again, I'm not saying this happened with Obama, but I'm saying he's a good example. He was such a, people wanted him to do well for so many reasons. Yeah. Right. And, and to be the fly in the ointment just would have been like, you would have just been an outcast. And so even right. though they weren't afraid of dying, they probably bit their tongue just the same. And so well, a person in that circumstance could become believing that they're way more powerful and pure and righteous than they really are as well. Absolutely. Well, and he's a good example, as are so many, of somebody who is – he's very well-spoken. I mean, the the man can spin a speech like, you know, he's yeah. very, very well-spoken. Um, he's – he comes across credible. Um, his his image is of kind of a professor. So you don't want to be on the other side of a person right. like that because it's like, well, what do you got? I mean, look at this yeah. guy here. He's look, look at his speeches. Yeah. <clears throat> and my point with that is I think this is one of, I'm not saying it's the only way, but this is one of the mechanisms where they say 
power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Sure yeah. This is this is a way that would manifest itself. This is yeah. a way you could actually see that transition where all of a sudden you're surrounded by people who who tell you that you can do no wrong and right. won't tell you really bad news. Right. How else could you end up? I mean, yeah. I, I <laughs> and you start believing it as soon as they start yeah. believing it. When they start believing that that they're invincible, so so Hitler's march across Europe and the uh, the you know lightning warfare, the Blitzkrieg, and uh, you know he just right. country after country after country, and everybody around him, they're 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 rallying. You got you got millions of people all around you just chanting your name and in the street. I mean, it takes it would take an incredibly uh, robust personality, not to let that go to your head, and right. not, and you will make mistakes. I mean, every every human being who's ever been small or big, you know. Fortunately, I don't have that much, you know. I don't have that much that I can screw up in life. <laughs> you know? Right. I don't yeah. have that much reach. So, yay yeah. team, you know, I can't screw too too much up. But somebody in one of those positions, uh, they they start believing that everything that they think and say is right. They do start to believe that they're gods. And then right. they fall. <clears throat> yeah, and I think it, I think this is an important piece. To, again, not that this is the only way it could happen, but I think it's important for us to understand the mechanics of a way it could happen. Because otherwise, that saying "absolute power corrupts absolutely" yeah. is kind of meaningless. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know, but if it was me, I'd figure out a way. Like, there's always that kind of thought sure. that, like, yeah, but I would be different, and yeah, I wouldn't be that one. Right. But when you start to like paint a picture, imagine everyone you ever come in contact with every day for ten years. All you ever hear is how wonderful you are, and you never hear a bad thing you do. Yeah. That's got to just mess with your brain. Like it's just, just got to mess you up. Well, you, you know, and see, the thing is, the reason we believe that if we had absolute power, it wouldn't go to our heads, is because we know that we have good intentions. You know, I, you know, the, well, and I still have guys from high school who would who would write me a note on Facebook and tell me I'm still too fat. <laughs> you know, so. But you know, you're not, you know, you've got good intentions. Right? I have, I have people who would bring me back to reality pretty damn quick. Well, yeah, exactly. But you see, but this is, this is the thing though. If we have any one of us that has absolute power, you know, if, if we're honest about it, we think, well, I would use that for good, you know, and right. I would, I would, I can almost guarantee you if everything I know about every one of the dictatorial rulers that's ever come to power, you know, maybe Stalin's different, but almost all of them, you know, had some level of good intention. They wanted to, to help people and it just got out of control. And I, yeah. I think that's why we allow ourselves and we allow ourselves more and more and more a leeway because our intentions are good. Yeah. And this is the problem. So, so there's only two ways that that this will un unfold. I think one is well, I guess there's more than two, but uh, one, as I mentioned, is guys like you and I are just kind of we just kind of are faded out over time. And by the, by the year 2090, there's not guys who would think like me and you are still around, and and they'll look back at us like 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 the, like we look back on cave dwellers who wrote you know <laughs> hieroglyphics on caves and like right. what were these guys thinking? Like they'll it'll be like that, right? Right. Or or they'll be wondering, why didn't you do more to stop this? I sure. think that that's one of the things that would be a likely question that people be will be asking is like, hey, if you had all this awesome freedom, maybe they don't have that freedom in the year 2090. Yeah. What the hell's wrong with you guys? Why didn't you do more to 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 stop this? Yeah. What's your answer to that, Dave? Well, I I think it's it's the answer of the person that that lived 
uh, four miles from Auschwitz. It's yeah. they're, they're living their life and what's the risk you're willing to take. And it really couldn't get that bad. You know, I, th- I think people <clears throat> to a great extent, I think people tend to be aspirational. They tend to think yeah. the future is going to be better than the past. I mean, you know, not always, but they tend to think the future is going to be, well, it's just a passing thing. It's, it's not right. going to go, you know, as far as, you know, historically we know it went. And so I, I think, we get in, and also ultimately we get into this, into the notion of here's what's normal and it's always going to go back to normal. Normalcy bias. I mentioned that before. Right. The normalcy bias. Yeah. You know, these people are doing weird things out there, but they're, they're never going to go that far. They're never going to do that. They'll never, they never do that. That's, that's too, it's too. And I have over and over and over fallen in that same trap. What are you, what are you talking about? They're, they're going to start chopping up you know, little kids and tell them that they're right. something other than they were born. No, that's not going right. to happen. Nobody in their right mind would do that. But, <clears throat> and so that's, we, we get, I, I think we get comfortable in our lives. I think we get uh, deluded by what we think normal is. And yeah. therefore, and when we finally figure out that, yeah, they really will go that far, then one of two things happens. Either there's enough people that figure it out simultaneously, so there's a tipping point, and it does return to something more humane, or it doesn't for, like, Soviet Union for 70 years. I mean, I think, it, yeah. as you and I both said on this on this cast a number of times, reality always wins. And so yeah. nutty ideas ultimately will collapse by their own nuttiness. Now, the the danger of that, is that the best example of the danger of that is the Soviet Union from, you know, the, the revolution in, you know, 1918, uh, ish to the fall in 1990 ish of the Soviet yeah. Union. Yeah. It collapsed under reality one, but my gosh, it, it killed generation yeah, after generation. hundred million people or something. hundred million like people. Yeah. And hundred million people died. Plus yeah. on top of that, all those generations that were oppressed and will still pay the, the, the sort of generational, uh, payment for that emotionally, probably for another hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it, it kind of feels like, you know, I'm sitting in a restaurant enjoying a nice meal with my wife and there's a toddler three booths over like tantruming and just like ruining everybody's meal. Yeah. You don't want to be the first one to go over there and like slap the dad and like, Hey, what the hell is your problem? We're trying to enjoy a meal here. Right. Yeah. You, nobody wants to be the first one over there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it kind of feels like that. Like nobody wants to be the first one to to because this stuff does feel so outlandish. It's so yeah. far out of what we've grown up to think of as normal, right? There is that part of like they wouldn't really do that. However, right. there's enough there's enough things that they've proven over the last fifteen years that they will do that. Right. That's not really a, a a bankable excuse anymore. That's not really right. a plausible, deniable kind of thing anymore. So now it's a matter of, you know, like we've talked before, this stuff is just, it's just exhausting. You could spend yeah. every waking moment battling this, worrying about this. Right. But what do you do? You're, you're one man or you're one woman, you're one, you're one family. You're, 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 you're powerless against this until well, enough people yes. wake up and the, and the force is strong enough. Yes. But you have to wait for the, the laggards. You have to wait for the folks who are desperately clinging on to, we're going to go back to the old ways and desperately clinging on to the businesses they're trying to build and desperately clinging on to relationships they're trying to maintain. And like, there's so many very compelling reasons to, to just want to let this fad go away. 
But you see, here's here's what's interesting, though. Here's what's interesting, because that is sort of true, but here's a little bit of pushback on that. You, Yes, you do have to wait, but you have to wait not till the majority come along, but until a loud enough minority come along that yeah. everybody else just falls in. So, it, and this is where, this is, I think, where the elites always get it wrong. This is where the dictators always get it wrong is they think, well, they think, well, there's, there's no way that we're going to get 50% of the people to push back on this. <clears throat> right. It, 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 it doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be 50%. It needs to be yeah, 20%. Like eight or something like that, right? Eight yeah, or 10 or. Would yeah. you say 12%? I'd yeah. Say yeah. 12, it's, 20, you know, between, yeah. between 10 and 20%. If, if that's the tipping point, when that tipping point happens, then it's like the dominoes just begin to fall. And the people yeah. who say that, you know, I knew that was wrong all along. Yeah. I've been saying this all along for a long time. No, you haven't. You've been sitting here. Well, but I'm saying it now. And, and you know, it just, it just explodes. It's a, it's a, it's a tinderbox. Yeah. And I think it's, it's that tipping point that ultimately happens that brings down those, um, unrealistic utopian visions that are harming people. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've heard, uh, st- I heard a number one time again, I don't know how this is true or not, but I heard one time that like 3% of the population fought in the revolutionary war or, yeah. or, or was proponents of the revolution that, that founded our country. It was a very, very small, very small. I remember being shocked. Like it was a very small percentage. It made yeah. no sense. Um, so yeah, all, all those things are true. It's exhausting. And, and yes, you know what? You got grandkids to see, you got, you got kids you want to see, you right. got to, you got an income, you got to make your, you got a mortgage to pay. Like it's, it's again, after you and I spending all this time, not talking through these things, I have a whole different level of empathy for that person who lived four miles from Auschwitz. Than I used to, I used to really yeah. be really think very harshly of them. Um, you know, but over the last several years, like I, I, I kind of get it now. I, again, yeah. I don't condone it any more than I would, you know, if there was something like that going on down the street from my house, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, not do anything. But I also kind of get that people are so desperately just wish this stuff would go away. We could get back yeah. to normal. Yeah. Man, life would be great then. If we just had it like we had it in 2007, life would be awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. That's prior true. to the crash in 2007. I know it's amazing to be like, well, in 2007, we had a big, yeah, oh, good. the day before that. Why yeah. is <laughs> All right. Uh, don't forget, like Dave said, um, we'd love to hear what you guys think. If you think we got this right, if you think we got it wrong, if we're misreading what these two guys in these clips are saying, tell us if we're if we're uh, if we're exaggerating too much. If we're not being straight up about it, we'd love to 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 hear your perspective. The whole point of this is to explain to somebody seventy years from now what this moment in time is like. And Dave can Dave and I can't do that alone. If you're watching on Rumble, great place to throw a comment on there. If you're listening. Uh, go to unsilentpodcast.com or jump on the Rumble channel and find it there. Super easy to do that. We would love to hear what you think and tell us where we got it right and where we missed the mark. Until next time, this is Dave and Brian signing off. See you next week. Do you want to be unsilent? Make your voice heard on our social media channels and share where you think we got it right or wrong. Go to unsilentpodcast.com for social links so you can join the discussion. <laughs>